0: Welcome back, guys, to the Six Pennies Podcast. It is late, late Monday night. We're recording this. It's going to be the NBA, which means Timmy is here. Timmy, how are you Oh, (laughs) hey am
1: Oh, I'm not not feeling great, but I am excited for the NBA. I'm here in Atlanta right now.
0: As always, uh, Timmy, 60% of the time, is feeling kind of under the weather, so you can tell (laughs) in his voice. It's that daycare. It's that daycare. And then um, we, also deal, have, we also have we also have Mock on the line, who is celebrating the Astros' 11th straight win. Good job. What's up?
1: <laughs> wow, it's 11 now? Nice.
0: Uh, yep, it is 11. Um, so before <laughs> we get into today's NBA podcast, we're going to do a quick shout-out to our friends at Farmers Insurance and Derek Shaw. His phone number is 214-729-6462. Timmy tried to memorize it before this podcast, he got it all wrong. It's 214-729-6462. You can either call him, text him, or honestly go to our Facebook page. That's facebook.com at Sixpennies Podcast, and we'll directly link you to Derek Shaw's page. Let's go ahead and get started, guys. The NBA, is, the NBA season, or off season is here. I really call it the season. It's actually more exciting than the actual season, to be honest. Uh, From the draft, to the free agency, to the rumors, to, you know, who isn't going to L.A., because it seems like everyone's going to L.A., but um, I want to hear your, I guess, initial reactions and thoughts to just 2018 as a season on a scale of 1 to 10. Where would you put it? Were you pretty... Discouraged after the Rockets, I'm assuming yes, and how did you guys even watch the finals and stuff like that?
1: Scale of one to ten, uh, what did I think of the season? Yes. Uh, it was like a it was like a five. I, I just feel like I, I don't watch that much basketball a anymore. Five. I think a lot about it, with listen about it. I I was excited about the Rockets for a while, but I mean you guys knew I was never like I never felt fully in with Chris Paul, uh, even before the season, even with Harden, so I mean it's hard to see him go especially the way they did but uh you know it wasn't the it wasn't the most amazing season and the way it ended really just kind of was a big poop on everything
0: it's kind of anticlimactic mock before you, you you give us your 1 to 10 how do you feel about Timmy not being all in yeah I was going to ask
2: uh so when we were up 3-2 on the warriors were were you incredulous like what do you think at that point I think I've been, you know,
1: as a Rockets fan, it's been you know, 20, 25 years almost now. Um, I, I just didn't feel too optimistic. It, it's kind of like a careful, uh, a careful optimism where you hope that it goes well, but you don't really expect too much. So it's really a pessimistic point of view, but it's hard to get too excited when, you're, when you don't feel like that connection with the players. You don't feel like you like them, love them as much as, you know, some of the guys that you have in the past. Uh, and when we were up three two, and like there were, you know, I had some some friends in Houston, or just some random people would be like, "Oh man, they're gonna make the finals. They're gonna knock off the Warriors." I'd just be like, "No, don't say it. It's just gonna make it worse for later." <laughs> and it did. It made things worse.
2: <laughs> oh man, we are we are very different Rocket fans. Um, I one to ten, it, it's a one. It, I oh, whoa
0: a one. What? Yeah, your team made this, a. Your team made the conference finals, your player is going to win the MVP. Um it's a little more exciting than a one, guys. A one is if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, all right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say.
2: Yeah, but at the end of the day, like this isn't soccer, right? There's not multiple bowls or multiple big games or multiple whatever. It it's, it all comes down to the end result. And at the end of the day, like this was the Rocazier. Like however you want to slice it, um you know there's got unlucky at the end with injuries and and some refs and and whatnot but it's when it comes down to it we fell a game short of the finals and it ended up being the exact finals that everyone and their mom had slated at the very beginning of the year with the exact same uh championship result so i don't know i'm just, i'm very jaded right now um one of those things like everything lined up until that injury uh to cp3 and once i felt once i heard is the hamstring i was like oh gosh like it's gonna take a lot and and uh we still had our chances but it just sucks like i just feel robbed i feel like we got robbed of what could have been like what could have been not not even saying the Rockets would have won no matter what uh, but some of those missed calls in, in game seven at Toyota Center, mind you. Uh, it's just, like, we'll never know. It's, it's one of those things. I feel like we're going to be the all-time, like, what-if team.
0: What are you, from a Rockets fan, are you more mad about the missed calls, the CP injury, or the, I don't know what it was, like, 27 straight missed threes? Yeah, for me, it's
2: it's all about the refs. Just because, I mean, injuries happen, right? And the thing that bothers me is, like the refs, that's the only part of the game that should not be actor. Like that should not, that's not anything the players have any control over. And these are like very obvious fouls. And um, yeah, you can talk about the over twenty-seven. It was, I think it was tired legs, a mix of tired legs and some nerves. Uh, but but in the midst of that twenty-seven, you know, there were two missed foul calls on obvious obvious three-point fouls. Uh, there was a another foul call on a three that he made, which was right in the middle of that 27. So, I mean, it's... Overall, yes, we still shot horrible at home, which was the case also in game five, um, I believe, which came out of the wire. Uh, but, but, yeah, it's one of the things, I like, will never know. Like, one of those calls, two of those calls flip, and it's, it's a game down to the wire. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure. Timmy, so you're still out of five. Mock, you're out of one.
1: I just think like it, it was still a good season. It's still exciting for most of the season. It's fun, um, I guess, to see the Rockets do well. And if we're saying that it's all the end result, then everybody gets a one in the league. And I, I just can't—that that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I know there's one
2: champion, but there's a lot of teams that do do really well. I don't know. It's just I, I think we're past the point of moral victories at this point. Like when when
1: we're I'm not saying it's a moral victory. I don't think it was a moral victory at all. I just think it was a good season.
2: Um, that being said,
1: like I, you mentioned the refs, I actually didn't watch Game Seven, and Jeez. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of knew, and just you know, I, 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 come I'm
2: on, kind of knew, wow,
0: yeah. no faith,
2: yeah, I know, I am, I'm pretty mad right now,
0: kind of knew. Like
1: I just don't feel like I just don't feel like we can blame Raps. It, it, I I just don't think that we no, can. blame I'm totally I'm, I'm that. very mad. I, I right think now. The, the, injury, the injury the injury really hurts because that injury should not have should not have been you know what would determine this because we were doing really well before that.
0: I would put it around a six or six point five, just because I think uh, year fifteen of LeBron was better than the previous like three or four years. So it was cool to see him tear up. Um, he had a nice playoff run. I think he had four or five triple doubles, four or five forty point games. So it's cool to root for an individual like that. It sucked to have to root for the Cavs. Um, especially during the finals, especially when they he almost single handedly beat the Golden State Warriors in game one before, you know, a missed free throw, before the J.R. Smith thing, before a charge block overturn, just there were so many things that had to go wrong at the end, and it, and it happened. And they lost it. They also had a, a legitimate shot in Game Three, so it could have been two two. Would have been a completely different series. I mean, who knows? Like, let's say Cavs won Game One, they easily could have just lost a series in five. But it would have been nice just to have that one moment to kind of, you know, like kind of put a stamp on this season for LeBron, win or lose. I think Owen four just basically like O four sweep just basically confirmed that he's out of Cleveland. Um right. he's going to you know, either to some East powerhouse, whether it's Philly or Boston, or he's coming out west to LA, LA Houston or whatever the latest rumors are. I personally think it's LA and we'll get to that in a little bit. But Mox, so you touched on, you know, the season being a one and how this was the the Rockets' year. This was their best chance. So yep. moving forward in 2018, 2019, you don't feel that they have a le- legitimate shot anymore?
2: No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we are built to win this year. Um, like, you never know, like, like we're going to talk about it in a few minutes, like, the free agency is always crazy, right? You never know what's going to happen. All these teams are going to swap a lot of players. Uh, it all starts with where LeBron goes. But at the end of the day, like, Rockets. If assuming, I mean, there's decisions to be made there, but you just never know with injuries again. Uh, like what could happen next year. Like, yeah, you just never know. And and this was an MVP season for for James Harden and first year with CP3. Uh, maybe first of many. Uh, but it's just just one of those things. That we were built to beat the Golden State Warriors, and we were the only team that had a chance. And when it came down to it, like, it came down to game game seven, and we didn't have our best guys, and just it just sucks. It just sucks the way it ended.
0: Did you mean to say first of many with CP or first and only season with CP? I'm
2: I'm saying first of many,
0: hopefully. (laughs) So, all right, let's go ahead and just jump into free agency. First question, Timmy, if you were Daryl Morey or if you were just the GM of the Rockets, you don't have to be Morey, so get out of his mindset. But would you pay Chris Paul forty million at age thirty-eight? No, of course not. So you mean
1: if you're if you're anybody, you you wouldn't say that you want to do that. But um, I mean, thinking about so you said if I'm Daryl Morey or just me,
0: both. Let's go from both both perspectives
1: then. I I think Morey will, will do it. Maybe he'll try to shave off a few million. Um, so it's not a full max, but it's kind of overpaying for the first three years of the contract, and uh, the last two kind of having it be a wash or having knowing that that's going to be a buyout or something like that um, or a trade. But for me, like I, I wouldn't—I I don't think I would do it. It's just going to cap you out for way too long, um, especially for a point guard that's gonna, getting older. Um, get, when you get to thirty-six, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, like there's no point guards that, that do that. The only guy who did that ever was like John Stockton, right? Uh,
0: do you think? <laughs> Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Mok. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say, but
2: like, this is our window. Would you not agree? I think it's the window. I think it depends on what else you
1: do, though, because I, I don't think that's the first move. I think I think they got to figure out if they keep Capella. Um, that's uh, that's arguably like more important right now. What do you
2: think, Mok? Yeah, I think cp three and Capella are both locks to come back. would okay. uh, Obviously, Capella is restricted, so I think rematch whatever. Uh, Tillman Fertitta, the owner, has come out and pretty much said like, he's going to pay whatever to bring the same team back. Um, so, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll believe when I see it, the, the luxury tax is, might be a pretty big hit, uh, assuming you know everything stands pat. But uh, a lot has to do with Capella and CB3 starts there, and then the rest depends on if we can finally move Ryan Anderson. We're not we're not gonna move
1: Ryan Anderson. Nobody's gonna take him. Like if we couldn't move him last summer, I don't see why we can move him now.
2: He's still got two more years, right? Yeah. I think we were really close last year. Uh, I think it fell apart at the very end stages, uh, with the third team. I, I've I've heard various rumors, but I mean we dodged a bullet though, right?
1: <laughs> it would have been way worse to have Carmelo for two years.
0: I don't know, man. I think Carmelo I would have actually done something against the Warriors. Okay. That's, I mean. You didn't watch okay. Game 7 when Ryan Anderson was put in and then <laughs> Stephen Curry just hit two threes right away and Chris Paul Did, did you Chris see Paul Paul Carmelo yelled at D'Antoni you, to take his ass out of the game.
2: The only thing with Carmelo is I, I still think he would be able to space the floor just like Ryan Anderson technically could. uh He would be better on defense than Ryan Anderson, which isn't saying much. But the biggest question is if D'Antoni would have the balls to limit his minutes. Uh, So if if Melo signed on uh, hypothetically, like if D'Antoni would be able to have the control and the power to limit his minutes to like twelve or fifteen a game. Yeah, that's
0: that's a good point.
2: Too many
1: backwards hypotheticals. I think we should go forwards now.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I would say at least Mello would be the guy that would bang with Draymond and KD and not shy away from contact. Um, all right, so one, one moving forward hypothetical, and I'll start with Mott. If you were the Houston Rockets front office, the brass, you had $45 million. How would you di- di- divide that up to bring back Chris Paul, Clint Capella, and Trevor Ariza.
2: Oh, Trevor Ariza is the wild card. Um, there's rumors that he's expecting a pretty big payday. I think he's thinking this is going to be his last contract. Uh, I don't see him getting anywhere in the range that he's asking for. I think he's asking for, you know, a few years, 50, 60 mil. That sounds kind of absurd, and this is coming from a diehard Ariza fan, fanboy, uh, I think the timing of it, uh, I think we're going to wait on CB3 until, you're right, until Capella gets a contract signed from some other team and we get a chance to match it and then kind of see how the numbers play out. Uh, Ariza, I think we're going to hope that if we can't or if we can shave a couple million, like Timmy just said, off of CB's contract, that Ariza might. Take a little less too, but I, I don't know. Like this is his last contract, and uh, it's it's not a must, but I must have to sign Ariza back. But it does kind of help our cause that you know we're this close this year, and that you know he's really good friends with with CP. So assuming CP comes back, then Ariza might be able to sign on the cheaper end. Timmy, same question. How
0: much? Would you give a, that forty-five million? How much would you give to CP, Club Capella, and then Ariza? Uh,
1: I think that's just too hard to say. Like, you, you, I don't think you can actually do it for forty-five million. Yeah. Um, considering like what they'd actually be worth, like the Rockets, if they're gonna get all three, they're gonna be way over the cap. So it's more like a decision if you want to do it or not. Like Capella's gonna get like a great offer, and he's gonna sign it, and we're gonna match. Hopefully, we'll match it. And it'll be up to us to figure out like how much CP can get, and then I don't know all the cap mechanics. I don't know if we have like a mid level, like how much of that we have available. But that's probably what
2: what Ariza would be able to get out of, out of uh, out of us this year. It's just yeah, we have the mid level, and and we're talk. We're hoping that we can get Ariza for that. You're right. Okay. Same. I mean, and everybody else is is good, right? Like PJ Tucker is still signed.
1: I think Luke was only on a one year deal. Um. So he would probably be the, the odd man out besides that.
0: So if you guys, if the owner said that he wants to bring the entire team back and the team was not enough, how are you guys going to improve it? Like who who can you guys sign if you guys are going to be cap-strapped with the three guys coming back? I think we should talk about LeBron now.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're done with the Rockets. We, we don't know. Yeah. It hinges on where LeBron actually wants to go. And if he wants to come to Houston, then, then I'm sure Maury can find a way to make it work. I mean, if we if we really go
1: for LeBron, that means, like you said, Ryan Anderson has to be out. right? And then right. probably Capella. Can't, we can't even re-sign him at that point, right? It's just going to be the three of them. Oh, Eric Gordon might have to
0: go, too. I think EG, uh, EG would, would have gone, to yeah. go. Yeah, EG would have to go.
1: And and Ariza. Like, PJ Tucker's signed, so it's like it'll be him, him, CP, Harden, and LeBron, and then everybody else is basically minimums and, and veterans.
2: I in mean, we'd still story. have the MLA. We would still have the MLA for, yeah. for a reason. For yeah. I mean, it would work with a sign-in trade, kind of like what we did with CP last summer. Uh, I mean, it'd have to be Gordon, Anderson, and like
1: everything else that we have in the future. Yeah. Late late first-round picks. It's definitely a possibility, but uh, I, I mean, I, I would still say LeBron is going. Go ahead, to L.A. I agree with you, Albie. Um, where do you guys think Kawhi's going? L.A. Oh. <laughs>
0: The new three? Why, why, sure. so right now, according to Bovada, Kawhi Leonard is a minus 135 in LA, plus three okay. plus 375 Boston, plus 475 Spurs, plus 576ers, and then you have plus a thousand Cavs. So that's for
1: where he'll start the season?
0: This is where he will play game one of 2018-2019 season.
1: I put so much money on the Spurs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's definitely the best but the best bet. But I think the, the whatever, the, the lack of trust, the lack of confidence between the two parties now can be understated because he definitely, in my opinion, was able to play at the end of last year. He just chose not to. And that's a a very intentional slap in the San Antonio Spurs front office or franchise. So, I don't know. I think he's gone. Um, I think, I mean, the dream, obviously, is for the Lakers to sign LeBron and PG outright. They have enough cap room to sign both of them to a max deal and then trade for Kawhi. They're going to have to trade either a combination of Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, some other people, and some dr- uh, draft picks and things like that. They're pro- probably going to have to include Luol Dane just to make the salaries work. But that is the, that is the ideal situation. But, I mean, at the end of the day, let's say don't they don't get Kawhi, but they bring in LeBron and PG. They can build around that, in my opinion, and maybe get KD the year after.
1: I mean, yeah, if they can get LeBron, if if they can get any one star, then they can get a second or a third. I don't doubt that. I just think going back to Kawhi, like, if I'm the Spurs, I don't know why I would go for that Lakers package. I guess the only way is if Kawhi says this is the only place I want to go, this is it. There's no other choice. But, like, if there's any other option, like, there's if you, if you were the Spurs, would you rather have that package you said highlighted by, like, Lonzo and Ingram, or like, something with um Sarich and Fultz and like a Covington a number ten pick from the, from Philly. Or like you go to the Celtics and get like three future firsts and Jalen Brown or something. But
0: but the thing is Kawhi has to agree to Philly or Boston. Because
1: no, he doesn't have to agree to anything. He has two more years on his contract. So it's I guess it's just like no, with would, would those teams take the risk, I guess they I guess they wouldn't risk they would giving not. up that much.
0: They would not. They would not So you're saying unless... that Kawhi
1: only wants the Lakers?
0: Right now, I'm saying that a team like Philly is not going to trade for Kawhi unless they know Kawhi is going to re-sign with them. And if his,
1: But the Lakers would just do it, right?
0: The Lakers have nothing to lose.
1: But, I mean, wouldn't a team like Phoenix also give up like, all, a bunch yeah, of assets? Yeah, there's,
0: there's a lot of uh, talk now from Phoenix. But there's just too many things pulling Kawhi to L.A. He's from L.A., went to school in San Diego, Um, He is, like, people think he's a quiet, small market guy, but he's really not. Like, off the court, he's, um, you know, at Dodgers games, he wants to restructure his Jordan deal. Like, he he has all these things that really point to a, like, a eccentric superstar, if you will. I think he just, like, played the role of, um, you know, just, just a system there in San Antonio, like, no one's bigger than the team. I can't say anything to Coach Pop. Like, all this kind of stuff, which is fine, because they won. And it's a very successful system. But it's not meant for everyone. And then secondly, at the end of the day, Kawhi is a millennial. And he wants to go to a big city. <laughs> and he wants to be... Yeah, this whole thing makes me hate that guy.
2: Yeah, I You mean, think he was playing? You think he was, like, playing no, he's the part?
1: quiet.
2: He is quiet, though. Yeah, it's it's pretty hard to act and not smile for, like, three years. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, the restructuring of the contract is all, is all from, like, his agent and his uncle. Yeah? Like, all, the whole Nike thing, that's, like, his camp that, that Pop keeps referring to. Agreed. I can see, like, him just wanting to leave and not being in that shadow of San Antonio, but he's definitely not going to break out and be, like, this really outgoing, fun superstar. That <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to be... be <laughs> amazing. I
0: don't think he's going to be, like, an outgoing, <laughs> fun type of guy. Be but a, I guarantee be you, if he goes to L.A., He's going to be in like some commercials and stuff. He's never in commercials in San Antonio.
2: I think he's in some H-E-B ones. <laughs> all right. Yeah, apparently.
0: Yeah, those local H-E-B ones, I know, I know. Um and I'm I'm pretty sure he wants his own signature shoe from Jordan, like all this stuff. Um he's not going to get that in San Antonio. He has to yeah. go to a big team and I mean this is very very similar um And you could take LeBron out of the equation, but this is very similar to Kyrie last year um, right. A lot of it is a lot of the noise was he wants to get out of Lebron's shadow and he wants to yeah. lead his own team. but I think it 's similar in the fact that he wants his own life he 's a millennial, he wants his own shoe deal, and he got it um I think at the end of the day, like these players are more about themselves than like the team or the fans or the system or whatnot. It's true. And I think that's where Kawhi is. I guess.
2: Yeah, it's hard for me to understand from a Kyrie standpoint. I mean, this was going back to last offseason when news came out that he wanted to be traded away. It's just... But it's that thing. It's, you know, individual versus team, right? Like, who in their right mind, if they're really at a team aspect, like, would want to be traded away from LeBron? It just makes no sense. Uh, But... You know, he wants to be out of his shadow, and and now he is. But from a Kawhi standpoint, it's it's, it's similar in some ways, but in different ways, too, just because it's Cleveland front office versus San Antonio, right? Like, Cleveland, Mm -hmm. even though I think they got pretty good value out of the deal, like, I still feel like they rushed the decision a little bit, and I just
0: don't see...
2: They even you know, got a, a terrible
0: win. deal. They got a terrible win. value out of it. They
1: they have nothing left. And that's oh, that's really that's
0: really Kyrie yeah. pigeonholing them into just a couple teams, right? Now there's even talk about how he didn't even really want to go to Boston, and when his free agent or when he becomes a free agent, he wants to go to NYC. I mean, F-Kyrie, it's Kyrie, man. Yeah, there's just there's just like they, you know, children. I I, I, I don't think people realize that like. Yes, the NBA contract gives you 30, 35 million dollars a year, but these guys are more about their brand. Like they want to be in movies. They know that a shoe deal will last a lifetime. Like they 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 don't at the end of the day like, "Cool, I'm getting 25 from Boston, but if they can get 35 at out, like outside of the court." Like that's why I think KD left OKC. Yeah. Maybe OKC is paying yeah. them l- more than what golden state is paying him from a contract perspective but from a like off the court investment perspective there's no way okc can touch the bay area and kevin durant is set up for the rest of his life way more so than what he would have been in okc yeah
1: so i guess that's why lebron's
2: going to la huh
0: (laughs) i mean lebron's (laughs) transcendent so it's like it doesn't matter if it's small market or big market and he well, let me has- ask you
2: guys this. How many how many people in the league today, how many players off the top of your head would you say like really truly care about winning championships over over all the things you just mentioned?
0: It's hard to say from for young players because I think they start wanting to win it after like losing for ten straight years. Yeah. Um. So, really, if if I were to give you examples, and I'm not right now, but it it would be all like the older guys. It would be like Chris like yeah, LeBron, be, CP. Yeah, it would be CP. And I I mean, I don't even know if LeBron really wants it as bad as you know before he won in 2016. Hey, can we
1: spend like three minutes on LeBron and his and where where he's at now? Because I, I know this is something you think about and talk about a lot, Albie. I know we want to get to the draft, too, but I I guess LeBron right now, he's, like, undisputedly top three or four of all time, probably top two almost. Um, But I was listening to a podcast with Zach Lowe and Howard Beck, and they were talking about how different things would be if he had just won, like, one of the other championships before this. Like, do you think everything would be different if, if, for example, he had beaten the Mavs in 2011 and it was four and five instead of three and six now?
0: Yes. Yeah, it would be very different. Uh, I listened to the same podcast as well. And I think I said this in the past is when he left Miami and joined forces with Kyrie and Kevin Love, I guarantee you he thought that was going to be the super team for the next five years. There was no way at the time in 2014 he could have envisioned that Steph Curry would become who he is now he couldn't have envisioned that clay and draymond would develop into the players now and obviously the kd signing let's say let's say golden state had their big 3 draymond clay and steph and they never signed kd cleveland would have won last year like yeah. 100% sure i i believe in that and then this yeah. year there's no way golden state would have gotten past houston so um i think lebron made the right move in 2014 going back I think he just got screwed with the KD signing. If we're talking well, about, he, if we're talking about did, legacy,
1: he did end up with a with a four year super team. Like he was right. It's just that it turns out that there was another one that he didn't he didn't know. That was, I mean, I, was I wouldn't
0: consider the fourth year a super team. Oh yeah, not year. the
1: fourth year. I guess the first three years then, at least. Um, yeah, I just think that's interesting to think about. Like, if just one thing changed, I, I guess. If he had won one of the championships earlier in his career, like in I think they said two thousand and nine or ten uh when it was when it was the magic that went to the finals or when the Lakers won, but they weren't really that great, it's mm-hmm. just interesting like how different his the legacy talk would be right now if uh if he wasn't three and six
0: speaking speaking from a LeBron stand, um I think he is definitely top three um, yes. the fact that people are even myself included um have legitimate debates about top one or top two is really cool because um, I feel like being able just to experience it or witness it, if you will, is awesome. Um, I think the talk now, even though he's three and six, like there's no way he's surpassing Jordan at this point. But if he were to get to five rings, I think there's a legitimate argument that he is the greatest player of all time, just from a numbers perspective. I think people are going to hate on him for like going into the NBA right after right after high school whereas Jordan played 3 years so he has less years than the NBA but that's all part of it in my opinion like being yeah. able to sustain success for 15, 16, 17 years is is a sign of greatness and whether you can argue that Jordan's 6-year span was better than LeBron's 16-year span I maybe but to me, I, I just the fact that he's still this good in year fifteen at age thirty three with all the miles on him, I think it's it's a really testament to who he is as a player. Obviously, I think Winhorse said that he spends one point five million dollars a year just on his body, stuff like that. So he definitely understands that for him to get to the the level that he expects of himself, but more importantly, what other fans expect from him from him is He needs his body to be in tip-top condition. Um, This is kind of a tangent, and this is a very interesting conversation that I had in New York this past weekend, actually, with me, Lawrence, Josh, and Clem. Um, I think a lot of people are not talking about James Harden's fitness level. I think James Harden, and mock you may agree with me, he's probably the best offensive talent, offensive player in the league. Durant is probably the best scorer, but no one can distribute and penetrate and score as well as James Harden. And the fact fact that he doesn't show up really in high pressure situation in the playoffs, especially late in the fourth quarter, in my opinion, I think is like a little bit or even a lot fitness level because he is not going to outwork you. Whereas, like, a LeBron James, he might not be as skilled as a Kevin Durant. He's just, like, his stamina is just so crazy that he's still going at 100%, you know, with a minute left in the game. I
2: I can see that criticism, but that's a pretty impossible standard for James Harden to live up to. James Harden, in his own right, he he is a warrior. He... He doesn't get hurt. He plays every single game, uh, but LeBron is on a different level, right? LeBron is built like a tank. He, I don't, I don't know, what's the most games he's missed in one season, like his entire career? Maybe five. Uh, he just doesn't get hurt. He's just bigger than everyone else. He's stronger than everyone else. Uh, and going back to your Jordan argument, like, or your number one argument, thing with him is, I yeah. LeBron, at this pace, he's gonna end up with you know all those records over at least over Jordan, right? All the numbers. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I think it, it's a generational thing in terms of like the old heads versus uh, versus kind of like the new school, like the millennial and this age now, the, like the especially the people who've never seen Jordan, right? Because Jordan definitely didn't only have like a six year span. He those are his six years he won back to back to back to back to back to back. But he had an amazing like. 13, 14 years. And, uh, and the thing with him that, that for me personally, that's the similar part, like he took advantage, like he knew his championship windows and he took advantage of them. Uh, And I mean, I I think it's a little unfair to, you know, completely pin LeBron's finals records against him. Uh, But at the same time, like he was, the record books aren't going to show how weak the East was and how kind of easy a lot of, years it, it was uh, the road to the finals uh, but that Mavs series especially I think is uh, at least in my in my eyes like that really help that really holds LeBron back in a lot of people's eyes
0: yeah I mean without a doubt the 2011 20, yeah 2011 finals the L to Dallas Um, Shout out, by the way, is is by far the biggest black mark of his career. I mean, he I think he only averaged like seventeen and eight or seventeen and seven with four or five turnovers. Like LeBron James at seventeen points, that's he can do that in any quarter that he chooses. (laughs) You know, like um, so. Yeah, I I don't discount that, but at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to what is more impressive to you: is a six and zero record more impressive? Than getting to the finals like 12 times. You know, let's say he ends up being like four and eight or five and seven or whatever the record may be, but going to the finals like 10, 11, or 12 times is pretty impressive well, in its own right, whether yeah. it's an easy east or, or hard west or whatever. Yeah. But the other argument is like, Jordan never played against a seventy-three win Golden State Warriors team, stuff like that. Jordan always had right. Pippen, Rodman, Phil Jackson. I mean, it, it goes on and on, and I think it's really cool to be able to even debate that someone is as good as Michael Jordan.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know where I'm at with LeBron. Like I'm not I promised you and myself I'm not gonna <laughs> hate on him after after he beat Beat the Warriors a couple years ago, so uh, it is what it is. I I don't enjoy the debate. I think as as much as you or, or most other people, it just uh, I think yeah, with all those factors, like it's it's kind of impossible to compare errors at this point. Uh, I think the biggest hypothetical you you mentioned would maybe be if LeBron could somehow get up to six, then then what? Um, but at this point, I think you're right. Like we can just enjoy. LeBron's career for what
0: it is. All right, Timmy. I know you said only three minutes on LeBron, but we spent like 15 there. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, well-deserved. I mean, he deserves it, right?
0: Yeah, I, I listened to that podcast, and it's it was very pro-LeBron, if you will, especially Howard Beck. Um, so I I definitely enjoyed the podcast, but at the end of the day, 6-0 and is very unblemished, obviously, but if we are going... If we're gonna like grade Jordan because he's six and zero and he has six rings and all this kind of stuff, then why is Jordan the greatest? Then it has yeah, to be a, Bill yeah,
1: Leonard Russell.
0: Yeah, it has to be collection of everything. So if we're just going off off rings, then it's Bill Russell. If we're going after like the whole the whole shebang, if you will, then it's Michael Jordan. But if his number one argument is rings, I don't know. It's there's just a lot of things that you can debate and it's to me it's fun. Mock, I know you're probably bored of it, but that podcast is a pretty good listen. Yeah, bad, check it out. I feel
1: bad for Kareem. It's no love.
0: You know where I am with Kareem, <laughs> to me? I
1: mean he's he's number number three or four, right?
0: Yeah, he to me Kareem's career is greater than Michael Jordan's. Michael Jordan's legacy whether it's off the court or shoes or his demeanor, his just his yeah, persona. Yeah, it's, yep. it's just that much greater. But if you're talking about, like, numbers, championships, MVPs, longevity, number of wins, all this kind of... Kareem is greater than Jordan.
1: Yep, and, and that's pretty much what we're going to say about LeBron, too, when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, hey, let's, let's go to the draft for, like, a few minutes as well, because... <laughs> Because we, we went so long without talking about your maps. I'll be like, You guys have number five pick. What do you want to do?
0: First and foremost, having the number four pick would have been astronomically better because I think um it's a four person draft as far as like yeah. tier one people. Who's the four? Or potential yeah, four? potential tier one. So DeAndre Aiden to me is one. Yep. Luka Doncic is two. Yep. And then now you have Bagley and Bomba. I personally like Bomba over Bagley. Um, I Bamba think.
1: Bomba you have as, as your top top four?
0: Dude, Bomba has an eight-foot wingspan and is faster than John Wall.
1: <laughs> I, I would be terrified if my team drafted Mo Bamba in the top five.
0: He also has... Yeah, you're right. Jeez. He also has the greatest bust potential. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're going for the highest ceiling... That's what happens, right? High risk, high reward. If you're going for Doncic, who has the highest floor in my opinion, then yeah, it's solid. Um but I don't think he's going one. I think Deandre Ayton is the consensus number 1 pick. What about you, Timmy? Yeah, that's
1: that's what I'm hearing as well. I mean, Doncic looks really good in the highlights, but like kind of like a crafty, like typical Euro kind of kind of a really good player, and that's just like not what not what people want from their Number one pick. They want somebody who's long and athletic, has that wingspan, and who can jump really high. And probably is not fully there, um, like in terms of development. But they got a long way to go, or have a lot of opportunity to grow, like that high ceiling. But I think Doncic is is probably like the best bet to be like a very very good player
0: because of Steph Curry's success. Trey Young is just flying. He's climbing, up, right? Yeah, he is just flying up the boards. And a lot of it is with fit, right? Whether it's with the team or with the city and the fans. Um, there's a couple mock drafts having Trey Young all the way up to three. Just because Atlanta would love someone like that. Whereas, really, as, yeah, just like, you know, it's more of a cultural thing. And then the other teams from Sacramento and Memphis, they, they I feel like they wouldn't appreciate someone like that as, as much. Um this, this particular mock draft I'm looking at actually has Dallas um going for Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic falling all the way to five wow. which I don't think wow. will happen, but um, amazing. Yeah. That, that would
2: be amazing for Dallas,
0: yeah. That would be a huge win for us, I agree. How do
1: you how do you feel about Jaron Jackson? I thought he was pretty good too.
0: So I think I uh, like him. Yeah. I, I think Jaron Jackson is also very high upside. He's he's kinda like a blank canvas, of, if you will, like really long arms, athletic, has some skill. But me personally, I am super, super low on him. I oh, wow. I feel like Jaron Jackson is Marvin Williams meets Hakeem Warwick. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! I mean, so if it's like if, the, if you compare like numbers, Jeffrey I was I was doing a little research on. J.J.J., if you will, Jaron Jackson, Jr. Um, for Michigan State, I think he averaged like 11-5, and 11-4, something like that last year. Somehow he's a top three player. Marvin Williams, who was drafted number two overall in 2005, averaged 12-6 and six as a sixth man on UNC. So it's very eerily similar, in my opinion. I mean, Marvin ended up having a nice career, I don't know, eight, ten years in the league, but... Yeah. Um I don't know. I think Jaron Jackson is uh, is a facade to me. Wow. I'd rather have Bomba, that's for sure.
1: Wow. What about Michael Porter? Is he in the picture? He's he's still he's still pretty high up, right?
0: Yeah, he's he's ranging actually all the way down to like nine or ten, but all the way up to two or three. Jeez. Um Michael Porter recently just had a workout in Chicago, um, where the Kings Was- Kings went to go visit him cuz the Kings really love him. I think his ceiling is like a poor man's Danny Granger. Um he likes to settle a lot from the 3. He's long. Um he's has good size like 6'10" I believe, but it's not like his vertical is out of this world. So I feel like to me he's he's a Danny Granger cuz he's it's going to be like really hard for him to get off a shot in the in the paint.
1: Was he was he the guy that got hurt and had surgery or is that somebody else? Correct. Yeah, no, after,
0: somebody. yeah, after a game and a half from Oh, that's risky. Yeah, from Missouri. First of all, he chose Missouri. Um but yeah, he played a game and a half, he wrecked his back and had surgery and uh didn't play a second after that.
1: But didn't like uh didn't Kyrie Irving also only play like ten games and then went number one?
0: Very similar, yeah. Michael Porter came in as a top two recruit from high school, same with Kyrie. But Kyrie, Kyrie's a different animal. I mean, he had always had the ball in his hands growing up. He can dribble. So, you know, he was a shot maker, whereas Michael Porter is more of like a, like I said, like an outside settler, if you will.
1: Alright, so your ideal is uh, Donchich if somehow he falls there, and then it's Bamba if he's available,
0: right? Well, my ideal is i that fifth pick and maybe next year's pick and get Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> okay, come on. That's, that's my idea. But if we had to use the pick, I would be okay with everyone except Jaron Jackson.
2: <laughs> Jeez, poor JJJ, man. Wow. <laughs> no love. You don't love defense? You can bring it,
1: man.
0: I really think defense is overrated in today's NBA. Is it? I love defense. Because with today's NBA, you're going to get...
2: Like, especially in the playoffs, of the, uh, we saw it, you know, throughout the playoffs, like, they're going to get those guards and, and hunt those big men. And if your big man can't at least stay in front of the guy, like, you're going to end up with a lot of Ryan Anderson looks.
0: I think Bomba can stay in front of Steph Curry better than Jaron Jackson. Yeah, but Jaron
2: Jackson probably much better than or anyone or Bagley.
0: Or, yeah, I mean, Bagley... Can't play a lick of defense at all, and he's projected probably the second pick in Sacramento. The only yeah. reason why Doncic is falling, um, his camp out in Slovenia, do, do not want him to go to Sacramento at all. So whether it's Atlanta, Memphis, or hopefully Dallas, they're just pushing all these news out there about him just not being like the hardest worker, or he doesn't try <laughs> hard, like he. They do not want him to just like die in Sacramento, and so.
1: Dang, they got no love for bloody.
0: No man, they Sacramento is what a bottom five front office in the league.
1: Yeah, bottom two. It's also a really crappy city.
0: And if if Ouch. you're right now, you're like the the diamond of European basketball. Like they don't, they want him to succeed, and they're not gonna let him go to Sacramento. And the thing is, like, it doesn't matter, right? During draft night, Thursday night, Sacramento's on the clock. They can just say, F it. We're going to go after Luca. They sign Luca, and he has to go there. Whether he's happy and he performs, that's really up to him.
1: I thought, I thought he doesn't have to go there. He can choose not to even come to the league, right? Yeah. They'll just have his
0: rights. Yep. Agreed. Thanks, guys, for joining Six Pennies Podcast. Please check us out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com, Six Um, I think we're sitting around 250 likes, so please, please like our page. We're going to do a giveaway once we hit 300 likes. So uh, come check out our Facebook page, give us a quick like. Uh, We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Feel free to give us a review as well. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.